Hi folks and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. My name is Connor McCann and joining me as always are Lee Maxwell and Nigel Lamont. And it is a special episode because it is episode 69. Insert giggity giggity. Why is it special? Because I'm a child. <laughs> as a, to quote a great man, it's a celebration, bitches. But <laughs> before we get into that, episode 68, Lee talked us through how Robert McBurney had pioneered the right-hand drive Mark 1 GTI, a good Northern Ireland man, and actually extended his reach into the US as well with the Jetta GLI, so if it tickles your fancy, get a listen to it if you haven't. But to kick things off, as usual, Nigel, what's new with you? Uh, quite a bit to t- talk about in the world of my stupid car collection. Excellent. Uh, the Edition 30 got a bit of love the past couple of weeks. I think I said in the last episode I was going off to get the exhaust fitted. So That's right. The gentleman that is, Michael O'Reilly. Fogel O'Reilly is his Instagram That's it. name. Yep. yep. So I took it up to him at Bond Bridge and fitted the exhaust system. I bought a gravity exhaust system. Quite, it was quite a cheap exhaust. Normally, I'm a Miltech man, but secondhand Miltechs are particularly hard to get at the minute for Mark Fives, and new ones are just complete book prices. Oh, yeah. I wasn't prepared to spend that on a car. That are Mark Fives getting to that point where it's like you know harder to get secondhand parts? You know, are they getting a bit old hat the way the Mark Fours did, or are they still kind of relevant? I think it's that in-between sort of stage. Aye. You know, you don't... The limbo. Yeah. No, so I took it up to Michael and I took the old system off, fitted a new one, and Bob's your uncle, fan is your aunt. It works, and it's... It's a wee bit boomy for my legging, but it's not raspy, it's not tinny. I suppose I'm not used to having a big exhaust for probably the last year or so. Aye. And then the likes of your Corrado as well, being a VR6 turbo, the turbo muffles it, you know, it it does, so... When you, well, I suppose you've turbo car in the, you know, in the edition thirty two, but it's weird. That's that's one thing I worried about when I done the exhaust in the Bora, and thankfully I got lucky. But I think it is luck of the draw, unless you actually hear the system on something. Well, it's a bit apprehensive about fitting the system, but I'm pleased to say it's, it sounds quite good. Well, you, you called around our house afterwards, and Lee wasn't there; she was away working as usual. Yeah. And <laughs> like I could hear you coming down the road, but it wasn't obnoxiously loud. No, it, it wasn't. M135 crackle pop no, tune. Thankfully, like. not far from it. No, and I thought it sounded good, but did you say the only downside is maybe a slight drone in it? Aye, yeah, but you could maybe fit a silencer into it or something if you really wanted to do that, but I'm at that stage where I just, yeah, it'll be alright. You'll enjoy DFR. it. DFR. Um, probably so get used it, it in a week or so. Anyway. Yeah, it with the intake and the exhaust on it, it's definitely uh, it's a bit more responsive and stuff like that, but. Hopefully make it more responsive in the next week or two when I get it remapped. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> so in preparation for that, I took it up to Andy Maxwell at the Forge Garage just outside uh, Ballygown and uh, got him to do a full DSG service, uh, oil and filter. Nice. Yes, yes, Volkswagen, I'm talking to you that don't change filters, just change oil. And Skoda, yep. Um, so got that done and at the same time got the fuel filter done just... Better safe than sorry. And can it. I just say how obnoxiously expensive the oil and filter is for DSG service? There you go, Lee. Mm-hmm. And I understand why it's been neglected in so many cars over the years. Yeah, I think when they initially done it too, a lot of them, a lot of the, I could be wrong, um, but initially when Mark Fives come out, that a lot of the dealers didn't have the equipment for servicing them either, because I think you'd like draw the oil out of them and things like that. And it was a while, so a lot of them didn't even recommend it or bother with it. Mm. And then Volkswagen do their usual thing of, oh, sealed for life. Yeah. Aye. For what, a three-year-old car, and then they scrap it. Just for yeah. perspective, 
I think, genuine oil and filter, about £150. Lovely. Yeah. Nice. That's a bit more expensive than... I'll have to look at the receipt I should have done before, so, but, you know, I, I know why DSG is neglected in some car service history. Yeah. And it's the age-old thing. People just go, ah, it's fine. They'll change the engine oil and never think of the gearbox oil. Yeah. But now it's better to get it done, especially, as you say, with the, the filter, too. Yeah. Just a very aware of if I'm going to remap it that everything's right so it was serviced 3,000 miles ago and DSG service was probably 40,000 miles ago so do you get the cam follower done on those as well no not yet not yet keep an eye on that just because that seems to be a yeah well I've always seen the, the last few cars have done the cam follower on them but they're okay <sighs> talking to Andy and other VW guys or VW specialists it tends to be boys that are servicing non-genuine oil all right, fair enough, yeah. Um, right, so it's not and a lack of service intervals. That car, I'll probably eat these words. <laughs> now that I've said that. <laughs> so I'm going to go to TS, TPS and Monday and order one now. Because uh, I don't want to scud myself. Sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, it seems to be lack of genuine oil and irregular service intervals seems yeah. to be an issue with that. That problem. certainly wouldn't help it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Red Gulf's getting many pennies, pounds spent on it recently, which is really cool. Yeah, I'm sure you're enjoying that. Bank it's the stuff that like you don't see, you know, stuff like a DSG service that costs you a couple of hundred quid, and then you're like, "Where's the visual for this?" You know, yeah, can't yeah. post that on Instagram. It's that sense of well-being. Yes, it is. I just keep have to keep telling myself that. Prevent preventative maintenance. Yeah. Uh, also, I think I chatted about the last time my wife's A4 Cabriolet, which is a two-liter turbo engine. It was having a misfiring issue, so the sparks were changed, the coil packs were changed. Uh, took it down to the Forge garage, diagnosed it as an injector. So, uh, they're direct injection, aren't they? Direct injection, yep. so they're buried. Nice. Uh, so it was a bit of a handling, as country folk would say. Is it fixed yet? It's fixed. Nice. Uh, all it took was a £225 injector. And a lot of labour. Yeah. <laughs> so big shout dandies for sorting that out. Very good. I think the injectors pre-COVID were sub £100. Okay, here we go. So £225. Yeah. So thanks, COVID, for that. So the yeah. car's driving nice now. They were um, they were hard to get for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh. Somebody was for telling sure. me, it was Michael actually when I was up uh, doing the exhaust, there's a BMW, it's a 335i petrol or diesel. He'd be shouting at the speaker right now. One injector's like eight or nine hundred pound. No, no thanks. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Aye. Well, it's the Volkswagen ones, I could probably tell you the part number. They were hard to get for a while. We can get them now, but uh, yeah. Nice. Crazy times. Electric's looking pretty good, isn't it? Damn right it no, is. No, it is fucking not. <laughs> I can go suck a dick. More than that in the news. Oh yeah, we have a lot of that in the news. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? That's me. Lee, what about yourself? Per usual, not very much because work. I did see an interesting car during the week when I was down in Waterford. Um, I had gone out for dinner, I was walking around Waterford Town Centre, I suppose, or City Centre, whatever it is, and I came to the corner of a street and I was waiting to cross, and I heard this, I didn't know what it was, but I heard a, a loud engine coming up behind me, and as it came to the crossroads, um, it was a Cadillac DeVille, like a big 60s, 60s weapon. It was enormous not something you expect to see in ireland i mean <laughs> this thing was absolutely huge um it was a well i say convertible it just didn't seem to have a roof at all it was nothing yeah it was just and it was looked like just a it looked like a boat you know just totally like flat handles like a boat as well <laughs> i would say it probably does and uh this guy 
sitting in it with his hat and sunglasses on and Living his best life. Smiled over and waved at him and he waved back and then he put 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 it away. I should say put 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 chop chop chop. Isn't that what's called the chop? The chop, yeah. The, chop. the, the cam chop. You've uh what is it like eight liters and about hundred and thirty horsepower there as he passed you? Yeah. Yep. So shout out to that guy. And then the only other thing I suppose, which is a joint news with me and you is the garage. The wiring is finished. Yep. Fuse board is done. The fuse board in the house is done. Um, I'd say Ricky did an absolute And your bank account that. is done. Our bank <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's kids are going through college. I, I actually called up the, the garage after I got the That's right. exhaust fitted. Uh, very impressed with the garage. Really, really nice. I have to say, you the first thing you said when you walked in was, yeah, you weren't joking about the sockets. Yeah. Yep, they're everywhere. Uh, just another shout out to Ricky Main. Yep. Mr. OCD, the Warren job he did on there is incredible. Yeah, so he had posted a When few he does on, listen to this podcast. Uh, you, you got called out later on. <laughs> The, yeah, it was quite good because a few people have been asking about it and I'd sent them my photographs and then they were like, oh my God, the, the attention to detail. And I was like, yeah, he, he's had fun with this. So it's absolutely great to see and even better. It's great to work in because now I have lights. Yeah. So no, that's, that's been good. You have no excuse now, Connor. Well, we'll talk about excuses soon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you done, Lee? Yeah. Um, well, my news then is I've been working away at the Jetta, as has been happening for the feelings like the last 30 years. Do you um, wake up in the middle of the night screaming? It's a sweat. Crying. Yeah. I can hear the welder. I can hear the rust crinkling as well, like fizzling in my ears. So I think when I left off the last time, I was feeling pretty down about the Jetta. And it was just like, you only feel like everything's on top of you. And it was just like, there's so much to do here. And I'm only one chance. And if I fuck this up, then it's a waste of time. And... I think the real morale boost, I think it said Yuli at one point, was shortly after the last episode went out, I got one of the chassis legs finished up. Mm-hmm. So the end of the chassis leg had to remove and replace. And the, my worry with those is the back panel sits tight to those, so they position where it is. So I was like, if I get these off at all, I'm you know, I'm screwed. Like it's, it's gonna throw the whole lot off. So I got one done and then I was like, Oh right, feeling good at myself. Got the second one done, I was like, Happy days and then offered up the panel, final fit and finish, trimming up. And started to weld it. And I do really believe that all that time spent on getting it perfect. The welding was the easiest part of it, which is the part I was worried about. I think I'd showed you a few photos and I'll share them as well. It's like I was saying, measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Or measure 74 times, cut once. Cut 74 times and then weld once. All right, great. (laughs) We're we're adapting it as we go. Um, Good welder always has a grinder behind him. Well, yes, I'm certainly a grinder, not a welder. But no, it has come in really well. Um, Down the like the top, what I call the horns, which comes out over the top of the lights kind of thing. They had to be cut and spliced in, and then the rest is all done with spot welds as factory kind of thing, but it's come in really, really well. I think I talked about the Clico pins too. Yeah. So when I had the floor pinned together, it made welding the floor together an absolute dream, which was absolutely great. So no, all's well. Not still plenty to do, still a time crunch, but like for where we are with it and how well it's finished, I'm very, very happy. So, so what's one of your excuses for uh, it being a little bit slower of late? Oh, it is a bit slower because I tried to cut my thumb off. There is that. Um, I, forgot, I forgot about that, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll we'll talk about where we went last weekend. But before we got the boat, about, I had about two hours left to work at the Jetta before I packed my bags to go. And I was tidying up the end of the sassy leg where I'd welded to cut or to flush back the welds. And... The wheel caught the end of the chassis leg, like a return lip, and just banged the blade into my thumb. So that was fun. Pleasant. Yeah. Lee had to deal with that, which was nice. I was sitting in the dining room. I was working from home that day. 
or that afternoon. I had been out in the morning and uh, he just appeared at the window and held up his hand and there was just blood pouring out of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right, I'll get the first aid kit then. <laughs> yeah, Lee was, I, I was going to say Lee was very calm. I was very calm. Mm. It didn't hurt at the time, which kind of worried me because it was like, this should hurt for how bad this is. I the interesting thing was too your it was using your grinder Lee and mm -hmm. when I did it I naturally dropped the grinder and it didn't turn off so it took off around the floor doing circles under the Jetta so I had to go and like kill the power and stuff and did then, it, was this captured in camera no and so one of our cameras kind of overlooks where that is mm. and I usually knock it off when I'm working at the car because I'm setting it off like triggering it all the time so if it had been on he would have seen all of this <laughs> which would have been quite humorous looking back on it but lee got me passed up and i remember i remember like thinking to myself this is pretty bad but at the same time i have to go and get a boat here so i'm not going to the hospital to get stitches and waste all that time so the plan was tape it together and just hope that it don't bend it kind of thing so i said anyway and lee was like working in around me doing bits and pieces and i said to her, i was like I think this is worse than you think it is. And she was like, no, I think this is worse than you think it is. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. So yeah, it's just been keeping it pretty much straight. I have a plaster on it now that stops me bending my thumb, as you can see here, Nigel, like anything beyond that, which mm. is good because when I take the plaster off, I naturally bend. Go, yep. And, and it was a wind. It does. I learned that in work the other day. Um, but yes, that has. Yeah, I think it probably should have been stitched, but here we are. Here we are. It's, I I cut my finger on a beer keg a couple of days before you were traveling. Remember the that's right, stop yeah. bleeding? And who was I was saying? I think it's after twenty four hours you can't stitch it or something. Or? It's probably started the heel inside yeah, or something. Yeah, something so like that. well, twenty four hours true. later, I was in a different country, so yep. we'll not worry too much. Were um, you in a different country. Ah, sorry, sorry. Well, <laughs> hang on. Crosses Irish sea border. Yes, hang you on. Twelve hours later, I was in a different country because it was in the south. Now ah, revealing it is the other half of the population. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> Americans won't get this, but the locals will. You're um, in the mainland. Oh, jeez. Right, right. I'd rather cut my thumb off again than <laughs> should get into this. Um, yeah, we'll we'll so, get our cross-community funding cut here. Oh, so we're we'll definitely will. <laughs> get, our, get our legs cut. Um, yeah, so all's going well. I have to say, I borrowed Stefan's welder because my welder's too big to do with what we're doing. And he did quite well out of it because it ran out of welding wire. And this is all replaced from naturally, as you would. And I ordered what I thought was a 0.5 kilo roll of welding wire. And when I went to lift it, it was a 5 kilo roll. Oh, very good. So, yeah. Start doing reps with it. He'll be welding for a while. So, he's all hooked up. Um, yeah, that's me with the Jetta. But it has it has come on quite well from the last time we are talking, which is yeah. good. Um, I'll have to post a few photos and stuff of the progress. But it's like... Even after he nearly dethumbed himself, he still won't let me what help. Term dethumbed. Yeah, <laughs> dethumbed. So I'm just like, I can't, I can't do anything. Here, the body works come up. You can come and rub eyes upon all you want. The oh. rest of it's a one person job, like the cutting and welding and grinding. There's nothing really you can do. We don't have another welder, despite the fact that you are could a qualified have been grinding welder. The bits that you couldn't do with your thumb, and then you lose your thumb. I wouldn't though. Well, it's true. <laughs> Uh, I would have a handle on the welder. Or see on the her. Grinder, this, I'm is just this is an ends. Oh no, don't worry about handles or guards and shit like that. I probably wouldn't have the guard on for doing that because you wouldn't be able to get in yeah. on it. But I would definitely have a handle on. One of the guys in work said, well, it's funny how it uh, cut through your glove. And I was like, yeah, it cut through the guard as well. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But here, occupational hazard. You don't get that sitting watching the X Factor on a Saturday night, like, you know, mm. unless somebody attacks you, breaks into the house with a grinder. Then that's when you have to worry. <laughs> Where's your mango, Connor? Oh, uh, my. It's just Sunday morning. I'm tired. <laughs> tired and full of food. Um, yes, so we'll move on to our news news then. Yeah. Absolutely. Less thumb talk. So who wants to kick off? Um, I can go first if go you like. For it. Yep. So good news, F1 fans. Sorry, Andy. I was going to say, not Andy. <laughs> They are building a new hotel at Silverstone, literally trackside overlooking the track. Nice. That's cool. That'll be well full. Yeah. It's going to be a Hilton, one of those Hilton garden inns. They're quite nice. Are they going to build all the rooms facing the track? Because like nobody's going to pay for a room that doesn't face no, the track. You'd be really shortchanged if you got one on the, the backside. Yep. <laughs> uh, 197 rooms. Uh, the trackside ones will have a balcony, um, suites with track views and balconies. Rooftop bar, uh, restaurant with a trackside terrace. Yeah, looks like it's going to be pretty snazzy. Sounds cheap. I was about to say, can you imagine, <laughs> yeah. can you imagine the cost of that like on F1 weekend? Well, an F1 weekend Silverstone, what is it? A few hundred? Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. I think it's three or four hundred pounds for a Silverstone ticket. Yeah, and then you've British Superbikes as well, a racer and whatever else too. Like. Staying that, I would say, would be... Expensive. Be a great the, experience though. Yeah, I would say it'll be a fantastic hotel. But there, there's events on all the time at Silverstone, you know, not yeah. just the weekends. Like, there's track days and there's training stuff. And Yeah, it's bound to be good mm. for that if you were doing a track day at Silverstone, you there's know. There's probably teams out tra- uh, testing ma- machines as well. Yeah, that'll be good. The only so thing your, is, alarm, your alarm in the morning will be a if it overlooks the circuit, If it overlooks the circuit, would you buy a ticket? Or would you just book the hotel? Because you could just stand and watch it. Mm. Oh, the, it'll be some joint... Thing where you have to, yeah. aye, probably, yeah, yeah, because that would be good if you had a balcony. A, it'll be a VIP weekend pass. Imagine just sitting on the balcony, getting hammered, watching the F one, and the perfect view of the track overhead. We TV setup so you can actually see what's happening. Because I always say, like, if you go to the races and stand in the crowd, you don't see very it's much. Serious. You only see the however many meters of track is right in front of you. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a football match. I've been to several Premier League football matches over the years, and you're watching it. And you watch Match of the Day that night and you go, is that the same game? It's a totally different yeah. game, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, obviously you don't get the atmosphere and things like that. It's a totally different experience. But yeah, if you actually want to watch the race, it's kind of different. Obviously the screens and stuff up too, but it's mm. just So what you're saying is if you go to watch an F1, you have to get full? Yeah. Ah. Or if you want to watch F1, stay in the house. Hmm. And get full. Top yep. tip. Yeah. We used to get full of food, but yeah, we've had a few full <laughs> full moments as well. The only one you could do is, is it Singapore? Or I think it is Singapore where it's the night race. Yeah. But they have those all those big tall buildings in Singapore, so you could stand up on one of those and you could see you the could whole track. Everything. Yeah, that the would be The noise cool. up there must be fantastic. Yeah. Just echoing around. Yeah. Nigel, you've been in New York, so have we. Like, I've been in New York. Have you never been to New York? I've been technically in New York on a, a changeover. Oh, right. Just so you been, I, I know you're going. I'm going in eight weeks. Yeah, but I thought you'd been, so... Again, I always say I'm not into the touristy stuff, but when you're there, go and do it, you know, at least once. But, like, when you're up in the Empire State Building, you're up so high, but you can still hear the echo of the cars and the horns yeah. and stuff. So, as you say, if you're standing up in a high building, they got on an F1 weekend, and that echoing round must be absolutely amazing. Uh, good news, Lee. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, BMW made an announcement, or sort of, they've leaked something to the press that the boss of AM was M division was talking. So, future BMW M3 to be groundbreaking EV with traditional feel. Oh, oh great. Yeah. Traditional feel. 
So uh, BMW aims for 50% of its global sales to be electric by 2030 and in certain markets, including the UK and most likely the EU, it will be unable to sell any cars with the combustion engine ban in 2035. This means even its fan favourite M cars will eventually switch to pure EV power. M boss Frank Van Miel has given Autocar the first clues to the brand's priorities as it prepares to future-proof its performance cars and suggested that even the legendary M3 will remain true to its long-established formula in the post-pedal era. He says the story of the M3 is everlasting every time we change the story of the engine from four cylinders, six cylinders, eight cylinders to six cylinders and turbocharger. The story continues. Maybe it will go electric, but if it does, it will always be an M3. Whatever the powertrain, you should be able to drive our cars and know they're M cars. We have stood the test of time for 50 years and will continue to do so. Intriguingly, he added, I would love to see electrified AMs in the future, hybrid and pure electric. But if we bring them, they will be groundbreaking that you will say this is crazy. I didn't see that coming. He says his comments suggest BMW bosses are not concerned about the appeal of its high-performance products waning as they go electric. Neither it seems our customers. I call bullshit in this one. We've been talking to customers and the feedback is that 95% don't care what direction we take on powertrain. They just want an M car. The current M3 was launched in 2020 as a highly bespoke and far more potent taking the G20 Series 3 Series, which has been updated and expected to remain sealed until 2025. Whether the M3's life cycle will follow that timeline is yet to be confirmed, but Van Meel's hint at an electrified future for the Super Saloon raises the possibility of a hot version of the relatively new NK1 Saloon due to arrive in 2025. Wherever they've done that survey about M customers... Don't bother about it's engine. just absolute bollocks. Is there not an absolute uproar every time they change the engine for another internal combustion engine? Like, they change the layout of it with M fans. So, like, if you're going to go EV, there's no way these so-called M fans are saying, oh, no, work away, do whatever you want. I think they went around a room with guns to people's head going, do you like, do you like electric M car? I was going to say, it sounds <laughs> like they went to an EV convention and was like, what do you think about this? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's wonderful how you can get your data to suit whatever you want. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So is this going? To, does this mean the current M3 is going to be the last, like solely? Well, he's he's hinting at it. I would say it'll be a hybrid. Yeah, it'll be hybrid. Yeah, that'll be interesting because that'll mean hopefully by the time twenty thirty comes, synthetic fuels have kicked electric's ass. I hope to be dead by that stage. Like, so you hope right. to be dead? Ah, yeah, I'll never see it. <laughs> I'll probably cut another thumb off or something. Yeah. So yeah, what twenty thirty? What's that? What years is it? Eight, eight years? years away. Oh, I'd be dead about stage. About, what, 40? It's all right. Good innings. <laughs> yeah. Um, that That's weird. It's all going to go that way, as we know. Like, there's no... Like, it's inevitable. There's no debate in it, but... But as a... To turn around, it, what really annoys me, and there's a bit that Lee has, and I can add to it later on, too. Like, it's just... It's this whole thing, and it says about the tradition. It'll drive like a traditional. Why not just let it drive like it drives? You know, it's new. It's not like they didn't try and make... Well, their the, hands are tied. EU regulations demand it. Yeah, but I mean, like, they didn't try and make the V8 car drive like a six-cylinder. You know, it just it is what it is. Just fucking embrace it and go for it. And yeah. Don't try and tart it up to something that it's not, if you know what I mean. Probably, you know, they could develop an electric engine that's 800 brake horsepower and an absolute animal. Yeah. And everybody might love it. It probably will be, yeah. You know. Um, the my, only one good thing I can think that will come out of the electric future. No more popcorn maps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always think of the positively. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. Yeah. Not have to listen to that shit. Somebody sitting revving at But then, if they're doing sound simulators in cars, you know, to stop killing pedestrians. Yeah. There'll be a tuner that'll offer popcorn maps. Yeah. 
They should do one that sounds like a blender. Uh, my first bit of news then is actually this one out just as the last episode went out kind of thing. So it's about two weeks old, but I don't know if you guys seen it or not, was two stolen cars were um, brought banger racing in England. That's right. Did yeah, you see yeah. This? No. So it was an 85 Ford LTD estate and a 65 Pontiac Grand Prix. Real sweet, sweet looking machines. Mm. Two really clean, tidy, classic American So just cars. imagine your Jetta? car you seen down yeah. in uh, Waterford, was yeah. it? Yeah. One of them. Um, and it appeared at the track. So what happened was the track, I can't even remember the name of it, I think. Uh, oh yeah, Ringwood Raceway in England. Mm-hmm. It was their last race meeting at it. They were closing the circuit. And these guys turned up in these two cars and they were painted like baby blue and that all the usual bits welded to them for mm. banger racing. But someone at the circuit recognized the two cars as having been stolen a month beforehand yeah. in the local area and kind of went, well, hang on, those are pretty rare cars and they've turned up here. Yeah. Rung the police, contacted the owners on social media. They arrived together. They actually told the race organizers, we actually think those are those two stolen cars. And they let the race go ahead. So by the time... What? Yeah. And by the time the police Jesus and Christ. the owners arrived, they were destroyed. Like you want to see the state of them? Like they're, like you seen them, Nigel? Like yeah. they're just gone. Did I hear that the guys that were alleged of taking the cars were had no address or no fixed abode? I didn't hear that, but I'm not surprised. Mm. They also the guys who were racing them have had previous bans at um, circuits for racing for similar kind of things. The problem was the circuit didn't come under that governing body, so they weren't technically banned from that. So that's why they went there. Um, they've been arrested. I don't know what the story is with following up with it. You know, they could turn around and say, well, we bought the cars off. X. We, f- we found these cars. Yeah, just the usual shit. Like, But absolutely gotten for anybody that owns. Like, We all own classics that you can't replace. To you me, know? that's the the race organizer. Oh, they, That's they, 100% their fault. It's on them too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, like they were made aware of it. It's like, oh, my car's destroyed. Your face is going to be destroyed, mate. Mm-hmm. So that's the and the, there has been about a lot of backlash towards the banger racing guys, which we know quite a lot of them have done it, but there's been a lot of backlash with that because of it, and they're destroying classics and stuff. And you kind of look, it, it plays into that age old thing: if you buy the car, you can do whatever you want with yeah. it. And then there's other cars out there that we know that are totally rotten. And I mean, you may as well give them a send off. Then you know, yeah. if you can't use the parts off them or you've got everything you can, work away. But then the classic guys would get up in arms with this and it just goes back and forth. But it was just absolutely gotten to see two people's pride and joys. Like, where are you going to get those to replace them? Yeah. Like, a 65 and 85-year-old American car in England? You're but not. the sheer goal of it, the guys that done that, bound of no Didn't people give, have went, where did they get them? Didn't give a fuck. No. Yeah, that was it. Um, as I said, they've both been previously banned for similar kind of things. Like, so they obviously don't care. And you'll get people like that that just don't yeah. give a fuck. But yeah, a horrible, horrible story. I think it was Andy Maxwell actually tagged me on it. Yeah. And I had seen it already. I was like, I'm looking at that morning going, you kind of put yourself in those shoes because it's yeah. relatable and just absolute shit. But somebody give me some good news. Come on. There's bound to be good I'm news. I'm out of news. I didn't have very much news this week. What? Um, it's, a, it's been a while since I had a stupid price at auction type story because it used to be never a week went by where I wasn't talking about a Tommy Mac Evo that so stole for whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> price um so one i think it was like early on the week an amg hammer mm-hmm. you know the whatever the they boy. are the big boy mercedes 80s brabus i think there wasn't there one at dubshed one year yeah yeah 
They're class. I would love one. But uh, I feel like they possibly are slightly out of reach now, given that one has just sold in America for $761,800. As you do. Even you can't afford that one. What auction was that at? Was it a classic auction recently? I don't know. No, it seemed to be like a website auction, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And the article that I read didn't mention what website it was. So then I wondered, was it Bring a Trailer? But I don't know. Did you see something? On the back of that, I seen a Ferrari F40 going on an auction on a stage, and it was four million. Now, I don't know if it was somebody's special F40 or what, Mm. but this week an F40 sold for four million. The only Dollars. special there is the buyer. <laughs> Jesus, four million. That's that sort of thing where you must have just so much money, like four million doesn't matter to you because you're not going to bust yourself paying four million for an F40, you know, and you're going to eat beans for the rest of the week, like, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His name started with Sheik. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, did it actually? I don't know. I was going to say it more likely because a lot of that stuff heads out into the desert, like. Yeah, never to be seen again. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I can't remember, it's one of the Sultans has like a collection of F40s, all different colours. Have you ever heard about that? Yeah, Sultan of Brunei or somewhere, is it, isn't it? Yeah, and he has like a painted all, like a yellow one. and Yeah, he's all, I think he has a few hundred cars or something, mm-hmm. or like billion pound collection. That's living the dream there, like. Yeah. But it's also that fuck you money where you just don't yeah. care. Go and Do cut, some, want, cut somebody's hand off, you know, yeah. amuse yourself for the day. Um, I forgot to mention that Hammer only had 19,500 miles on it. Oh, that might play into it. Mm. Yeah. But still, wow. 19,500 fun miles. Yes. Yeah. Because that thing would be fun. The only other thing is, and we talk about this a lot too, is the performance of that thing is nothing now compared to... But there's just so fucking cool. Yeah. That's, like, that's what it is. You're talking about performance and it's nothing. Do you remember the drag day? At Enniskillen Airport. Yeah. I you, took with Crado. Yeah. Do you remember like the early 2000s AMG Mercedes estate? No. No? I can't think of it, no. It was kicking I ass. I remember the buses and stuff racing because it was hilarious. I remember Gavin Black's <laughs> there, was van. Na- there was an old Merc, like late 90s, early 2000s. The last of the square type of shapes, is it? <sighs> yeah, ish. And it was smoking folks like. Mm-hmm. I can't remember that at all. Mm. So, old performance isn't that far behind some of them. No. But it's like when you can get it in a, like an M5, you know, which is technically a, if you want to play it down, it's a five-door BMW family car. Mm. My problem with Mercedes is their model codes are like postcodes. Oh, like Stefan, as you know. W1572. Stefan's a big Merc guy. I know the model numbers of the ones that he owns, and beyond that, I haven't a clue. And none of them seem to make sense. You know, you think like the next, say, generation of the same car would be the next number up, and it's really not. Like, but then Porsches don't make sense. I was going to say 911s do the same. BMWs don't make sense. 993. It's just like pick a random number. Yeah. Go again, Lee. So I mentioned a few episodes ago on my news about Dodge had announced that they were discontinuing. This is sad, sad news. The Charger and Challenger, like the new versions of those for yeah. 2023, I think, or t- Will be the last year of them. Dodge are the last stand against all the EVs. They really are, because they're just throwing Hellcats and Damon motors into everything, anything for the crack. And absolutely fair play to them, is yep. what I say. But um, as a follow-up to that, then, they've also said that they're going to have seven special editions that will be announced throughout the year. And the last one will be debuted at SEMA in this year. November this year. 
Um, they're bringing back a load of the heritage colours to the range. Um, there's a really class purple. I can't remember what it's called. Are they bringing like the 60s and 70s colours yeah. back? Yeah. And they've also said even the, the non-special edition ones will still have a... They're going to have like a commemorative plate mm-hmm. under the bonnet. Um, it says last call on it. That's it. So all any Chargers and Challengers in 2023 will have this. The party's over. The purple is called Plum Crazy Purple. And it's really, really nice. It is a sad time. Because yeah. as we talked about before, like Dodds are the, you know, the last stand against this shit. And it's over. So I was actually reading, they had a 17 year run on those models. A few it doesn't seem that stuff. long, does it? No, but at the same time... Because like, I still refer to them as the new Chargers and Challengers. But 17 years for a car's lifespan is mad. Yeah. So, like, you imagine if they have had those out, like, the tooling stuff's costing them nothing. They're making a fortune on those cars. And they're taking the same engine and lumping and everything. <clears throat> and it kind of feels weird because it's like it's in America and you kind of feel like, well, we don't get those cars anyway. But it is relatable because this happened to us with, like, the... Look at the late 80s, early 90s Fords. Look at the Sierra Cosworths and stuff. And those were like the everyday man's car, but making crazy horsepower and relatively affordable. You know, like some of these cars can get over 100 grand, but the in the grand scheme of things, for what you're getting, you're getting seven, eight, nine hundred horsepower. It yeah. is like it's cheap compared to supercars. It's also similar to what you're seeing in Japan. So, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, the horsepower wars, mm-hmm. you know, this is. This is the modern era of that, and I think we're going to look back in 10, 20 years' time when this goes away and look and go, that was a golden era that we yeah. lived through and you didn't really notice it. The last hurrah of the combustion engine. Yeah, that's it. Like, what is it, 840 horsepower Demon engines, you have 700, and 700 horsepower Challengers, the Dodge Durango was an SUV with the same engine in it. Yeah. You know, that's all going away. And have you seen what they're replacing them with? Have you seen the launch for the EV models? Yes, unfortunately. Oh, it, so they have the sound modulator that you're talking about, Nigel, and it's. It, oh, I've seen the clip of this. It yes. sounds so fake. Yeah. It 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 sounds like someone's turned the radio up. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Uh, so the other thing they're selling it as is e muscle, which again it's like goes back to what you were saying about the BMWs, the the M cars changing. Don't try and make it previous to what it was. Make it sound like a fighter of star wars yeah, like the tech i think did yeah. that yeah but Just, make it a different thing yeah don't try and live in a heritage of you know what something yeah. was and try and sell if it if you want to people. embrace this you know, like, like make it yeah. its own thing yeah stand back and go we believe in this yeah. you know when you're half ass trying to sell it as something that was in the previous model that doesn't work no and that to me it's an absolute farce of a thing and e-muscle is a misnomer because all all electric cars have bags of torque and are yeah. can be super fast if you want them to be. So there is no real differentiation between them anymore. No, they all have performance. Yeah, it's just what where you're draining your batteries quicker and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. On a similar note as well, you finished, Lee. Sorry. Yeah. On a similar note, there, uh, Koningsegg have developed a new gearbox. Have you seen about this? Vaguely, yeah. Um. So it's going into the thirteen hundred eighty five horsepower CC eight fifty. And it's a manual, and I use that in quotation marks. It's built basically to honor 20 years in production with Koenigsegg and all the shit that they've done over the years, which is pretty cool. But this thing is going to have a 5-liter twin-turbo V8 and basically a gearbox full of lies <laughs> because it's called the light-speed transmission. It's nine gears, seven clutches, shifts in two milliseconds, you know, all your good stuff that you do with all those 
fast change boxes. But what they're calling this thing, the engage shift system. So it can be driven as a six speed manual or reverting it into a nine speed, like a DSG style mm-hmm. automatic box. Uh, the six speed manual, you can change the gear ratios as well at touch of a button for track or road. So it shortens or lengthens them. Uh, they're saying it's the world's first manual that can adapt gear ratios, but it's not because it's not a fucking manual. Yeah. What it is, is it, I keep calling it DSG as Volkswagen's version, but it's essentially a DSG box with a gear stick and a clutch that you clutch and change gear, but there's no actual mechanical I was linkage. Say that, yes, that's just to give you the feeling of doing it. It's no different than paddle Pulling shift. Pulling the paddle. Like yeah. when you're golf, Nigel, you know, your paddle shift. Mm. It's the exact same thing as that, except you have a a gear stick but they've also put a clutch in um they've also said the clutch pedal integrates hydraulic force feedback for natural feel but shifts entirely by wire why do you need that yeah so they just put the pedal in to make you feel like you're having some input into what's happening yeah but you're not i see koenigsegg i i don't i just don't understand koenigsegg to me it's like they've lost their way to me that should be a lightweight fast sports car take all that bullshit out of it either make it the koenigsegg race I don't know. Like McLaren, they develop, they Porsche the same, Ferrari yeah, it the same. filters down in. Koenigsegg seems to be just this play thing for a rich owner. Look what we designed. Yeah. I, I don't get the the, uh, the point of this, you know. No. Because as I say, either make it a 6 speed manual and go, we're holding on to this, it's still a 6 speed manual, or make it the automatic. But to put a fake clutch in, and it's yeah. literally what it is, it's a fake clutch, or clutch pedal. Just doing something for the sake of doing it. Yeah. I don't understand it, you know. Where do you draw the I'm line? I'm sure Mr. Koenigsegg doesn't give a shit what we think. Oh, no. I'll contact him and let him know. Okay. He'll, Strongly he'll worded letter. Yeah. <laughs> Delivered it's, by Pigeon uh, Post. Is he not Robin's friend? Robin. Robin Ashfield from Studio 10. Was it him he met? I think he did it. Christian, Good dude. Yeah, Christian von Koenigsegg, yeah. Well, the, the only time I ever see anything about Koenigsegg is on YouTube, I must suggest it, is Mr. JWW or Shmi. Uh-huh. This launch of this new thing and... But I, I don't know. I'm completely out of the loop of Koenigsegg, but I just don't don't get it. We'll get Robin to let him know yeah, we're not happy. absolutely. They've also said it's one of the most en- engaging manuals ever created, but it's not. But it's not. It's not a fucking manual. <laughs> so, yes, Christian. Strange one. Take your head out of your ass. Um, you got any more early? No? I have one last one, and it's not very much news. I just wanted to see, did you guys say about it? Was the GP2 car on the roads in Czech? Yes, uh, this guy is an absolute legend. So it's the old GP2 cars, which became the F2 cars. Um, he has been spotted on Czech roads, blasting up and down. Well, when I say blasting, I believe he's been sticking to the speed limits. Mm. But there's videos of him like, on the motorways, weaving in out of traffic. and just A fantastic like Mario Kart. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, it's not the first time he's done it either. He did it back in 2019 and got away with it. And it's alleged that the police know who he is. Apparently, but can't yes, prove that he has done it. Because he's wearing a helmet, they can't prove it's him. And there's obviously no identifying marks on the car, like a number plate or anything like that. So. Do you, this makes me think of. Do you ever watch, like I'm going back 20 years, Getaway in Stockholm? Oh, that. Ah, yes. Have you seen it, Lee? I don't know if I've seen it, but I it's know what YouTube, it is. It's on YouTube. If you want to entertain yourself, it's basically it's, this guy in Sweden, and I think he he done it maybe three or four times. Uh-huh. Basically, baited. Swedish police in a 911 Turbo. I think there was a Ferrari in one. Yeah, the 911 Turbo was my favorite, the black one. Mental speeds. Basically, in the middle of the night, three or four in the morning, he just started doing going around loop, uh, the circular motorways of 
Stockholm. It's an impressive, impressive video. And so he has GoPros. Maybe it wasn't GoPros back in the end days. On the front bonnet, the rear bonnet, in the cockpit, stuff like that. And you just see him coming up behind police cars and flooring it. He does some dodgy maneuvers, I have to say. He wouldn't get away with that today because no. there's things called helicopters. Yeah, and you've all like your NPR cameras yeah. that pick up everything. Yeah, you can't move like been seen. So if you're ever bored, in England, if you're ever bored, watch Getaway in Stockholm series. Yeah, no, it's very good. Um, just off the back of that, YouTube, have you anything there? Just a few. Uh, one of my favourites, Driftworks over in Birmingham. Uh, he dropped a couple of videos there. One of them was, or a couple of them have been the preparation for LZ Fest, which I'm pleased to say we're going to. Uh, it was the A86, the main act machine that is the Driftworks A86, which is white arch American muscle V8. So they were basically prepping it for LZ Fest. I don't think they'd driven it in four years, something like that. It'll be cool to see and that. There car. was a bit of an engine fire at one stage, I think, I think fuel line burst or something. So they had to pull the engine out, pull it apart. And just global supply issues has held things back with uh, like cams and stuff they're ordering or some some head parts just the usual so hopefully that will be at lz fest um also they dropped the video of taking the Marcelago lambo gt1 replica that they built yes they got invited by uh rider motorsport who build gt1 is that the one they manual swapped yes yeah and throttle bodies so they got invited to 24 le mans and there's a, a vlog on it basically going over and they got VIP access, obviously, and behind the pit areas and different bits and bobs. But I, I really enjoy Driftworks Channel, Phil, and basically, essentially Jay works to him as his personal mechanic. Mm. Uh, very enjoyable. It's I, the dream. Yeah. Also, uh, Paul Glennon. We'll yes. talk about Paul Glennon and his YouTube channel. It's going from strength to strength, unlike his engines. I was going to say his <laughs> engines are making knock-knock jokes. They've started a comedy. So he documented the breakdown of the 24 valve engine that he threw into his Mark III. I will also add, this is the car that I drove around in fifth gear in a six-speed gearbox for a week, so I hope I didn't add to that problem. It, it didn't get an easy life as engine, and all good things come to an end. Yep. So he stripped it down. He done a, I guess, a 10, 15-minute video. Yeah. He, I was talking to him afterwards, and he said that he had no idea going into what to expect kind of yeah. thing. And we actually watched it when we got home from our trip last weekend. And you can see the point where he pulls the head off, and obviously it's yeah, it's not good times. Unsolvable now because the little metal bits got into the head, yeah. and it's worked their magic. New engine required, basically. So um, keep those videos going, Paul. Yeah, um, coming up north then. Don't, six, kill, don't keep killing engines though. Oh no, don't. Well, it makes for good content. Well, that's true. Uh, up north then, six mile style guys have dropped two videos on John Bill's IS two hundred, the Ruby Stone Red one, which is very cool. I like that car. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, R33 GTR wheels on it. So that's a, a very nice car. It's cool to see it come together. Nipping across to America, Dog Pizza uh, from the Rabbit Hole has dropped a video with the Mark 1 meet at Alpine Vagfer, which is oh, cool. very interesting. Talks a bit to Sal from SP. He does a lot of Mark 1 parts and just shows around what was at the show. Sticking with America, Shop DAP, Dutch Auto Parts have the Boatswagon. Have you seen that? It's a great channel. It's they're doing like driver and like owner reviews mm. and they do some weird mixes and this guy is one of them and they put up on social media basically the VR6 18 foot boat and I thought to myself that was done years ago mm-hmm. it turns out it is the one that was from was years that ago one? Um, have you seen it before? No it's a 12 valve VR6 in a cruiser I've seen boat. pictures about it I haven't seen the video it's so cool and it just sounds like a VR6 ah oh, class so it's right up my street yeah 
talks about how he did it, you know, trying to convert it to a marine engine, that kind of thing. And very, very laid back guy. Uh, another one then, Jimmy Oaks. He has built two absolutely amazing yellow cars, which Lee has no interest in because I told her about them last night. Yeah. It's just on real levels he's going to. Have you seen the RX-7 build? Yeah. And the S-15? S-15. Oh my God, those two. And like I'm... I love an S15. I'm not big on RX-7s, which will probably send all the people crazy because they're the cool car. Um, but the two of them are absolutely amazing looking. I do prefer the S15. It's a nicer yellow, but he has built those cars very, very well. Big fan of those. What else have you got there? My last one is Carfaction. Um, I say a walk around with uh, the GT manager, development manager, GT3 mm-hmm. uh, development manager at Porsche, Andreas Rieniger. Rieniger. I'll not even attempt to correct yeah. you there. So he goes around with uh, oh, the big lanky fellow from Carfax. What do you call him? Anyway, he goes around with... Uh, lanky. Lanky. Lurch. Uh, going around the new 992-911 GT3 RS. Uh, talking about the new Aero there. one. It's just insane. The attention to detail, different aspects of it. Carbon everywhere. Magnesium everywhere. I've seen a few posts about this, yeah. 517 brake, 1450... Curb weight, not 63.2. They think they're still in, eh? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, 178k they're going out at. An absolute snip. But um, yeah, I think so. It's going to be one of the fastest cars on track that you can buy. If you more can or less. drive. It's half the price of slower McLarens. Robin was actually talking about this. You know, that Ferrari Lambo can offer uh-huh. for half the price. Yeah, um, some of the McLaren stuff's mega money, and then it'll break down. Then it'll break down. Yeah. Probably so, won't fire. It's 178k, <laughs> but technically it's a bargain for what you're getting. Yeah. I when you If you're in the market for that level of car, that's probably what you should be going towards, yeah. Uh, they have this swan neck wing, and it's higher it. than the roof and stuff, and then they now have a one main radiator in the front. So then the vents and the bonnet, they've done away with a boot in the front yeah, there's mm. no fruit anymore so <laughs> even though the vents that come out they're like a boomerang to dissipate the hot air above uh-huh. the car and the incorporate aero so everything has been dealt with just insane levels of technical achievement mm. so you'll not be taken to the hotel then with your your stuff in the the front boot well uh andreas basically said throw your boot in the back oh, i don't give a shit if you don't have a boot uh, <laughs> fair enough so, yeah, it's about a 40-minute walk around. The lanky guy, James, is it James? Oh, whatever, lanky. Yeah. Carfax and great videos usually. You should just list a number of names and I'll cut in and paste in whatever you want. Well, I'm going <laughs> right, to Google it right now. If you have that kind of money, you can probably have somebody driving behind you and a people carrier to carry all your luggage if you really want to, like. Well, that's what I was going to say. You just get the butler to come up behind yeah. you, like. It's, it's not James, it's Henry Catchpool. I'm a dick. There you go. <laughs> Henry Catchpole. Say that a million Don't know where times. James came through. Um, yeah. So. Do you remember we saw a guy or two big GP things when we were away? You know, the, the rolls. Oh, Jeep, whatever it's called. Cullen or something, isn't it? Yeah. And then following it was a G Wagon, one That's of the right. top spec G Wagons. And I was like, even that G-Wagon's probably a quarter of price of the rules. And I was like, so that's obviously the rich guy and then the wee G-Wagon's just for his butler to drive. The staff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the gamekeepers in behind that. <laughs> um, yeah, we're finished up with YouTube. I want to talk about our main topic, which was yeah. our, our road trip last weekend. Yeah. 
a road trip that we the three of us took very different routes on. Yep. Yeah, it was a bit like a Top Gear challenge. We, we packed <laughs> quite a lot into two days, basically. Yeah, you used on a lot more than so what we did. So myself and Robin went over on the Friday evening, Liverpool, nightly crossing. Got down to Liverpool for 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Had left late, so 7 o'clock got in. And I'd sort of planned to do a few things before we met you at a caffeine machine uh-huh. down in Banbury. So I'd sort of Googled around by, by Bister, Bister. This is Bister, isn't it? I think it's Bister. It's very yeah. hard to say. I, I keep looking and going Bicester, but everybody says Bister. It's yep. Bister, yeah. But anyway, English language is great. Uh, so <laughs> I discovered through, it was actually a video I watched about a month ago. It was Car Auto Security have a YouTube channel, and they went to a place called Boxing Gas. Okay. So basically, it's this fairly wealthy fella that owns this uh, estate grounds uh-huh. to the southwest of Bister. So the Heritage Museum's north, or the Heritage is northeast uh-huh. and box and gas direction, is the south most of the southeast actually. so anyway uh he has this collection of really cool 930 and 964 porsches and he sells a bit of merch stuff like this in one of the units and it's beside a quite famous uh porsche restoration company called auto house so i th- sort of we were staying close to coffee machine so it was only 40 minutes south mm-hmm. from where we were staying so i said look we'll just drive straight down there have a look at it. Have a look around the place on Saturday morning because it is open on Saturday morning. And then we'll go on up towards Caffeine Machine. So we drove down and Box and Gas closed. Of course. And I was just <laughs> like, ah, class, that was worth it. And <laughs> so he must have been away somewhere flying around the world as rich guys do. Oh, yeah. But Auto Farm beside it, which shares or has probably four or five units beside it, was open. And I sort of walked towards the door and there was guys working away. I says to the fellow, do you mind if I have a look in here? Not a problem. Come on, I'll show you around the place. Happy days. He showed us around for nearly Brilliant. an hour. That's great. And the collection of stuff they have in there, it's 930, 964, RS, uh, just rare, rare cars, high levels of builds, 912s, everything. Just some historic cars and mental money. It's funny there, like that's obviously not a guy that's there for a job. You know, there's that's a guy that enjoys what he does, is an enthusiast, yeah. and sees someone else coming with a similar frame of mind and goes, Come on, we'll show you around. You know, yeah. and they're doing that kind of work with nothing to hide. You know, it's not like they're yeah. butchering something or making a real game. Well, the something. guy we were talking to, he was he's there three years and he just loves it. He says it's just such a challenging job. There's always something different and there's one of the guys that's been there, I think it's 1973 it started up, and he's been basically been there a couple oh. of decades, more or less. Nice. And he says, I love working here because he can teach me stuff. I'm more towards the modern, modern stuff, so every day is a school day, Yeah, working with him. No, that's and that's the sort of people you want to learn from. Yeah, fantastic facility, and if you're down that way, definitely worth calling in. Happy days. I'd never uh, even heard of it before, but yeah. I seen you were showing me the photos, I was like, that's class. Yeah. So then we headed up, towards caffeine machine and we called in at Diddley Squat Farm as you do Clarkson's, Clarkson's, yeah. Clarkson's Farm tried some of his Hawkstone beer and got a few souvenirs so definitely worthwhile calling in there and then we drove on up checked the hotel and then met you guys caffeine machine yeah so our trip then took a slightly different route you guys went to Liverpool yeah yeah we went down in the Dublin across mm-hmm. the Hollyhead um, so there was ourselves in the Skoda which wasn't the plan initially because of the Jetta but it worked out for the yeah, best, to be fair. Slight blessing in disguise because it was 32 degrees over the weekend. And 32? Yeah. Yeah, at least. 38 both days? Oh, really? 
Well, that's we we were cruising down and. There was Matt and Lucy in the 911, and I don't think their aircon works. No, it doesn't. And Richie and Stefan took Richie's S14, uh, and the aircon has been stripped out of it because lightweight race car. And the, those guys were destroyed with the heat. And we pulled up at the petrol station at one point and got out, and they were like, oh, this is terrible. And I was like, yeah, no, I had to turn the aircon down at one point. It was cold. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> well, my memory from it was sitting in, like Robin took the KN, which has aircon. And if you pulled the window down, it was like opening an oven door. Yeah, that's yeah. when you when you stop and you go, you think you're warm in the car and then you open the door and you're like, holy shit. Get that window closed again. So we we got there relatively unscathed, just a very slow drive across England because there's speed cameras everywhere. Such, I believe I ordered the word that's nanny the, state at that's one point. Wales because the, the chief of police there, he is. Even England, down the M6 and stuff that too. M6, yeah. Was there were, cameras on it? A lot, like every half mile. Okay. We might want to text Robin that. Um, <laughs> like, to the point where I just set the cruise at, like, 74, and just everyone followed, and that was it. And even the temporary roadworks have... See, when you go through the roadworks, they have temporary average speed cameras mounted on the cones through it. Oh, cool. At 40 mile an hour. Yeah. And I was like, great. Yeah. So it wasn't... We, we were very lucky. We were traffic. I, think, I suppose the time of day we were traveling, but... It wasn't, wasn't an enjoyable traffic. drive across for a no. fun sense, but then you're on the M6 and stuff. Did you do fun. the M6 tour? Or oh, you, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only way to go. SD regulated. It's like the autobahn. It's brilliant. You get on to that. 120 and cruise control down and there. And there's no one around. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so we got there. We went straight So if you ever get stopped speeding in the M6 tour, tell, tell them Nigel said it's deregulated. So we got the caffeine and machine. We were tired because we have been traveling from like five in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was around four thirty, five o'clock when we met you guys. And of course we sat outside. So anyone who hasn't been to Caffeine and Machine, it's an old like house converted into a hotel, would you say? Yeah. It was a B and B. Is that what it was? Yeah. It was converted a B and B in the seventies and eighties. Um it's set up for cars you can come and pay as like two or three hour slots you can park outside. It's- I they have like morning Early afternoon, late afternoon, and evening slots. So you can display your cars at it. You can sit out in the gardens. You have picnic tables with QR codes. We order your food and drink. And we made use of that quite a bit. Absolutely. Because we hadn't really had anything. We had on the boat. It's like I've seen out of Wolf of Wall Street when they're sitting in the restaurant upstairs and every yes. 15 minutes bring me a... Yeah, because the QR code <laughs> was sitting beside you and you just scan. And God love Stefan. I don't think... Well, I believe the words were you aren't drinking fast enough. He kept ordering rounds and the drink just kept appearing. Um, you were absolutely wankered, Nigel. I was all right. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, Did well, I have a hangover the next day? But that's nothing for you because you don't get hangovers. You're weird. You also went through a phase where you wanted to take selfies with me quite a lot. All right, cool. Yep. Do you remember that? No. No. <laughs> cool, we'll take selfies. I was like, okay. Um, it was weird, though, because you were sitting there absolutely steaming and all these cool cars running in and out and, you know, driving up past you. And what I loved about it was you can go in and see, like, a quarter million pound supercar sitting beside a Golf GTI, beside a diesel 205. You know, there's literally everything. Yeah. Such a friendly atmosphere, too. You roll in, you tell them you're staying. They couldn't be nicer to you. Um, we just had an absolute ball out of yeah. it. Yeah. And then the next day... No aircon in the room, so that's oh. my, the only downside, I would Here, say. I was staying in a five- or a four-star hotel and there's no aircon in the room. Yeah. It's a UK thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. Well, that's UK and Ireland. The, it's a, aircon and hotel rooms are rare based. Thankfully, Matt and Lucy had been before and told us that there was no aircon. So we brought a fan from the house, which was a really big fan. It did help cool the room, which was yeah. good. 
Um, yeah, so caffeine machine itself was absolutely fantastic. I actually bumped into a guy, and I'll, I'll not name him, but because he lives kind of local to it, but he had said that it's a, it's a really bad reputation with locals. And I thought he meant doesn't like, you know, with cars, racing, that sort of thing. He says, no, with local car enthusiasts, as it being a real money grab, and it's not for enthusiasts. And I had said to him, I was like, when you stay here, you do not get that vibe at all. You know, it's like the staff are absolutely amazing. Couldn't do more for you. Couldn't mm. be more friendly. Just on the back of that, at Autobarn, uh, talking to the guy, they are building new sheds, and there is rumours that they're going to build a caffeine machine style there there interesting that'll be interesting that'll be a very poor orientated, i imagine oh i absolutely the amount of gt3 and gt3 rs's that yeah. were there on the sunday night remember the green one and the blue and it was just kind of rotating in and out up and down the road and and like i'm not a big big porsche guy at all but it was cool to see the high-end stuff got going yeah and getting used there was also a mars red mark one jetta there when was. we drove in which was the real kicking the balls really mm. so that was good. That what was, was your nice favorite car? car? At Caffeine and Machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't know. What about you guys? What about the K Swap two thousand and two? Oh yeah, there was a BMW two thousand and two, a K twenty four. It was pretty cool. Mine was either V six Cleo, the black one. Yes. Was it there on Sunday or the Saturday? I think it was, it was on Sunday. Sunday. Um, good thing I thought I had a black out there on Saturday. Thoughts. The Alpha Julia, um, like. British Racing Green. Yes. Oh. That's your thing all over there. Yep. It drove out early evening, sorry, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, so nice. There was a Mark 1 Polo with a bike engine in it of some description. Oh, it was the front right door. Right the door, That's yeah. Right. yeah. It was cool. Um, it was running, it was all caged and it was running, well, say a sequential box was running the, the bike gearbox and a chain drive to the diff. I really liked it. And there was quite a nice Harley chopper on the Sunday, I want to say. Mm. It was parked outside, which really drew my attention. Lee had booked us a brilliant room because the, the room actually overlooked the, the whole car park, so it was cool. You could, if you were up there, you could oh, just have good. a nosy out. I nearly flashed everybody at one point because I forgot that the blinds were open and walked out of the shower to get the towel across the room. And she was like, hey, dude. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so not that they seen much, but they nearly got a view. The show itself, then the Robo Hard show. Yeah, so it's held at Bister Heritage. Mm-hmm. Is that a racetrack or no? It's an old RAF base, but the old RAF buildings are still there. Ah, that's and hangers. So it's all red brick. Well, now there's new units built, obviously, uh-huh. but it's an auto hub now. The buildings because it's all like restoration, automotive, you know things mm-hmm. businesses within that there well funny lee and i bumped into jay and rick from players and jay was explaining the whole area and he said like you don't realize you're what you're standing in the middle of and he was right because um alex writes mark one of the g60 16 valve taxi yes yeah. was sitting down there and i've been talking to him and behind it was singer yeah and J- jay said he's like oh that's singer over there and i was like i was standing beside that for about 20 minutes yeah. and didn't even realize so it's such a cool site. Um, you didn't walk in around some of the newer units. Some, look in the windows. We had a wee nosy. There was a the toy car thing. Did didn't you see, see it? that, but we seen an LMP car. Like tucked in behind a ramp. Motorsport heroes. There was all the collection in one of the big warehouses. Never seen it now. It was round bottom left direction, but some of the places are just cool in there. It was but very that, much. That, that, sorry. So it was very much set up like a big cars and coffee. I thought the show. Yeah. 
and everywhere you turned in like another wee entryway or down like a hammerhead there was like another set of cars yeah. that you weren't expecting to see it's a lovely occasion it's like trees and red brick buildings just perfect for photography but not even that the vibe of the show yeah it's very relaxed and laid back the and only criticism of it why they closed it so early I yeah, don't get that. was price given at one. One o'clock. Yeah, it's kind of And there was cars starting to drive out as we were leaving. Yeah. Um, Not enough food and drink stalls. There was one Mentally bar under which ran out of everything. And there was what, no water. There was no anything what, anywhere. What about your delicious cider you got? Oh, that cider was tasted, li- as Richie said, and he was right, like sheep dip. Do you know when you get, uh, you know, like England's famous for like their homebrew, like mm. local pubs will do... Like and the, the brewery right in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. well, that, it was their own one. It was, it was horrible. Like, it was a flat, possibly. Wasn't flat. Was it not? Well, it me fooled. It was horrible. It t- we had some of their beer. The beer was lovely. The beer was quite nice. I'll take your word for it. We, we uh, when I seen Lee wasn't drinking it, I passed it around everyone to taste or smell, and I got the exact same reaction. And Connor Old and his dad, Clifford, were there. And I said to Clifford, I was like, smell that there. And he went to smell. I, I knew by the way he was going to he was almost like he was going to take a drink of it to see what it was like and I got his nose and you could see his face change and I was like aha yes do you agree it was definitely the most foul tasting liquid I've ever drank <laughs> I've drank petrol and diesel we didn't realise there was catering trucks at the entrance until we were going out was there? I didn't realise well, there was there was, there was, there was like village. a where I said to you about the curry worst do you remember the wee stand uh, there? I was going to say I didn't realise until now but yes, you did mention curry. Because we were walking yeah. around going, there's one wee stupid ice cream van. Yeah. And there's a fellow making pizzas. Apparently the pizzas were nice. Oh, we had pizza. The pizza was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> but as we were walking out, we realised there was a whole catering village on the way out. Yeah. But it was too far away from the main show then. Yeah. yeah. But the show itself was absolutely amazing. It really was. Brilliant. The levels of the cars were just mental. The variety of cars. Top tier Mark 1 and Mark 2 golfs everywhere. Yeah, even beyond that, like the Jap stuff as well. You had Schumacher's old race car. Yeah. Um, what else stood out? A lot of Mercedes stuff as well. Like you know, like the old uh, two door coupe. Them three guys drove in. There was three parked together That's in right, the grass yeah. bit. And yeah. They drove in together. The gangster music playing on. They're just class. It's such a cool, yeah. cool show. Um, it's kind of hard to describe why it's so cool. You know, it's mm. one of those things that just everything works. And I think, as you say, it is the setting. It's the type of cars. Everything's kind of parked up randomly. It's not rows, you know. They're not packed in. No. Um, and it's funny too, like people run down cars from here as well, you know, compared to England and stuff. And there was Connor Old's E34 sitting in the middle of it. Yeah. And it, it certainly did not look out of place, you know. Some stunning Porsches. Mm-hmm. A lot of lovely, you know, 964, 997, 993s. There was a E39 M5. Did you see it? Repainted in Laguna Seca Blue. Yeah, it was lovely. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, some sort of like big 19 inch. Um, they weren't the same wheels that Ian has on his silver one. There's some sort of big BBS that weren't RS's. Uh, like a mesh. Yeah, wheel. open mesh kind of mm. thing. There was a 306. A Felspec 306. Did you see it? <laughs> yeah. Did you see it, Lee? I don't remember. A white phase one 306. Oh, with a beacon on it? Yeah, and yeah. the Excite sticker across the front of it. Was it not a 406, no? No, it was a 306 saloon. Okay. Yeah, and Connor and I were debating, is that from back home? Or yeah. what? what's going on? Because it's, <laughs> it's too close. Felt there's giving inspiration yeah. to the car world. Yeah, they had nailed everything. It was either somebody was an English felt enthusiast and they job. Some ironic job, yeah. yeah. Um, 
a lot of American stuff too, which was nice. Again, the sort of stuff I don't know what I'm looking oh, at. Barracuda. Yeah. It was so cool. Nigel, you were saying there about Mark 1s and Mark 2s. I was just like in my element with that sort of stuff. Yeah. I like to get a wee hook around and see how stuff's done, which is always fun. Yeah. Well, that was my favorite. I can't show this because we're in audio recording. That was my favorite car there. Whatever yes, that, that was. was class. I was going to say, I will share the photos of that, but I don't I, even know what that was. I don't know what it is. That looks like an Anglia body. I was going to say, it looks like an Anglia roofline, yeah. With a muscle car chassis. Yeah. That's cool. It's just a monster of a thing. Put your very mind like the rat rod type style. Yeah. With an Anglia. Um, yeah, the absolutely brilliant show wouldn't hesitate to go back. Like, No. It would be nice if it was two day, but the only thing is you mightn't get everybody that's there to come down for two days is the yeah. thing. Uh, another thing they were talking about too, Jay from Players, and Matt had knew about this, but I didn't, was they do a thing there called the Sunday Scramble, mm-hmm. which they open up all of those um, businesses and you can kind of walk in around and all the That's cars right, are parked up. A few YouTube, YouTubers went there. It looks absolutely brilliant. I would love to attend it too at some yeah. point. It's quite regular. Yeah, it did. It did seem to be like that. So the way they were talking that it, it was a regular thing. Um, who else did we see over there? It was... I met actually a guy from Club Polo. It was quite cool because he walked up to me and he was like, Connor? And I was like, who the fuck are you? Um, and it turned out it was a guy from Club Polo that I used to talk to like 10 years ago. And I have no idea how he recognized me or what the crack was. And he's into Cleo track cars and stuff now. I've seen John Ludwig down in about. Yes, he bought a car in... Mark III. Yeah, Mark III over here. So he obviously came over to do it and so do the show. He started to drop videos from his trip. He hasn't quite got to the show yet, so be good to see his take on the show. I nip in and out of his stuff occasionally kind of thing, but I'll probably watch that because we were there just to see like an outsider's take on it, which is cool. You met another polo guy. Oh, um, MR? With the, yeah. With like the pinky, you see his 6N polo? Oh, like, sorry, 6N. The like pinky type one was over towards the brewery bar section with a 20 valve turbo in it, all the crinkle black. It didn't. It's an impressive car, like a proper show car, but he drives the shit out of it. It's about just over 300 horsepower in a polo and he'd put up videos of him like racing like m3s and stuff he generally wins yeah so it's cool to see that getting used and mm. then parked up and being showed i've seen the chris and gail brought his mark 5 down you know, the car of the show at club shed this year did he change the color of the wheels and that did they used to be gold and now they're silver they yeah because yeah. we mm-hmm. were debating that no that's a nice car and it's funny like that's a car that is an absolute like an out and out show car but it doesn't look it doesn't stand out in that in that environment because of everything else that's there. Like I would not like to be judged in that show. That would be a nightmare. Yeah, because like where do you start? Mm-hmm. And everything's so different. You know how do you how do you work? How it? do you categorize it? How do you? Yeah, I don't know what their section is. If it's like a best of, you know, top twenty, or is it in the categories? Because mm. the most there was a Daihatsu Siraj, Remember, was outside. Yeah. On like we three spoke JDM wheels and stuff, and we took a bit of a walk through the car park, which was nice too. Mm-hmm. I always like that because you get the it's so hard weird to walk, stuff. Walk yeah. in the grass area because there's no shelter from the sun. No, there was not. There was no shelter <laughs> at, at all. At least in the actual compound where the show was, uh, you could sort of duck between a tree every so often. Mm-hmm. Out, uh, out you, in the grass sort of parking area, it was a bit different. You could feel yourself frying. Yeah, the yeah. grass was yellow. Yes, the grass had not seen water <laughs> for quite a while. Well, when I. Because I my car had been accepted into the the green they call it, which is the kind of bit outside. Is that where Richie and James were parked? Yeah. yeah. And we were saying it's not the green at the minute; it's definitely the brown. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of James as well, I have to apologise to James for our drunken antics. James Crow pulled into <laughs> caffeine and machines. James seen a different side to us. He did. Yeah, poor fella had to sit with us sober while we were all absolutely steaming. 
Um, I see, think he was all right. He had good crack with us. I, I hope think. he did. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he could have got away with us because as soon as he rolled in, everybody stood up. I was doing like, James, James, like, he, he we pulled in him. And the Spanish guy in the yellow TT part yes. beside him and he started talking to him and we were going, oh, <laughs> yeah. ah, my drunken friends. <laughs> yes. it's uh, We were definitely the rowdy ones there, I have to say. Yeah. I think we were well behaved. We are definitely the rowdy ones. Um, but well, at, well, they closed the bar at 10 o'clock. You haven't really much other option. That would have to be in my top three shows I've been to in the last 10 to 20 years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, it's, I don't know that for us, but it's been well up there. Like it was yeah. an experience that I definitely don't regret. Would I think you would go back then? Yeah. Players, it's a big drive down to Goodwood. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to split the two. It's also a very different show than players. Oh, absolutely. Because players are something that happens all the time where that is just turn up, walk around, as they say, it's cars like and coffee. cars and coffee. Yeah. But the level of cars is just unreal. I have to say I agree with you there. Yep. Good. <laughs> um, so with that all said, we wrap up with our questions from listeners. Yeah. Absolutely. Happy absolutely. with that. But before questions. Uh, <laughs> it's <he's> back. back. <laughs> it's time for Nigel's car conspiracies. So... We left out a week because hey, there's only many, so many conspiracies. <laughs> but we'll find them. But we'll find them. So we'll surprise you every so often when we Nigel's car conspiracy. So water-powered cars. Imagine filling your tank with a jug of water and then driving off to your jet destination. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? That was essentially the concept behind Stanley Myers' water fuel cell engine. Without getting over technical, this fuel cell technology was designed to separate water molecules into the main elements, hydrogen and oxygen, which would combust and drive the vehicle's pistons. According to the science, the energy released is two and a half times more powerful than regular gas, and because water is fuel, the only emissions would be harmless water vapour. Mr. Meyer claimed to have built a water-powered vehicle, which took the form of a dune buggy in 1980. That right there was Stanley's creation. Sure, it wouldn't win any awards in the design department, but it was certainly the beginning of something revolutionary. The water separation process that powered the bug was introduced by water electrolysis, a procedure which many high schoolers experimented with in science class. Apart from his love for science and mechanics, Myers chose to focus on his water-powered car as a result of the 1975 Arab oil embargo, which led to soaring gas prices. Meyer appeared on Ohio's WSYX, a TV station affiliated with ABC, where he demonstrated the bug's abilities. He claimed that the vehicle could travel from LA to New York on just 83 litres of water. While most people would hail Meyer as a genius, others saw him as a nuisance. Yes, he received quite a few patents for his technology, but they supposedly came with much embarrassment. Two investors he sold dealerships to sued him, resulting in an excellent examination of his buggy and findings of nothing revolutionary about the sale. He was even labelled a fraud, relying on pseudoscience to forward his technology. But here's where things get dark. On, Meyer, on March 1998, Meyer died suddenly after having dinner in his restaurant. His brother claimed that he ran out of the restaurant where he was meeting two Belgian investors yelling, they poisoned me. Grove City Police invested his gaith, but Moyers reports that Meyer died of a brain aneurysm. However, his supporters are convinced that he was assassinated to prevent his inventions from potentially destroying the oil industry. Is that big oil? Mm-hmm. So, there you go, folks. You wanted it back? It's back. back. Well, that <laughs> ties next in. time. Ties in kind of like, do you remember the diesel topic that I did? Yeah. And the guy that developed them in the early days, and he mysteriously threw himself off a boat? Yeah. Yep. As you do. Yep, he got Clinton. So, yes. <laughs> uh, 
sorry for punishing you with my conspiracy theory. Yeah, I like it. There's <laughs> there a lot go. of fans of it out there, so keep cool. them coming. Um, yes, so we have our questions. Let me see what we have. So we'll start where all good things start. At the start. Yes. That's not the start. Uh, first one then is Andrew underscore Walker. He says clean fest lap. So he's heading to clean fest. Yep. Booked. Yep. We will be going. Um, looking forward to that. Making a long weekend of it. You are? We are? We are. I. This is the same as Roll Hard. I've been so engrossed in the Jedi. I don't know the plans for running. Like Roll Hard, I couldn't even tell you. Remember, people were asking me about where are you going and where is it? And I was like, I don't know. I got asked you about 15 times. You went, ask Devin. Yeah. I yeah. was like, I took nothing to do with it. <laughs> Um, Jake underscore slow up. He says, worst taxi situation or conversation we ever had with a taxi driver? It would probably involve a, about to be sick or something like that on the way home. My dad definitely vomited in a brand new Mondeo taxi glove box once on the way home from definitely. night out. Yep, because it, it was his mate's taxi. Oh. Yep, that's how I know it happened. Delightful. Yeah, um, in France, when Connor was like, I'm going to be sick in the back of the taxi, and I was like, well, I don't know how to say, stop the car, I'm going to be sick in French, so you better just sit there and shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I've just realised the most fun taxi drive I had was at a VAG event in Poland, 2013. Of course. We were getting a taxi back from the middle of Poznan to our hotel in the outskirts of Poznan. We started talking about cars to the taxi driver or something, and... Uh-huh sort of teasing him a bit, going, does this go fast? He then turned into Ayrton Senna and scared the <laughs> shit out of us for the next 15 minutes, driving down the road to the hotel. The follow-up to get away in Stockholm. Yeah, I think he laughed as we got out because we're all, like, kissing the ground and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. I like it. We had the Tesla in the States as well. That was actually a good one, yeah. yeah. What else? Oh, I, yeah, I once got in the wrong flavor of black taxi yeah so for anyone outside <laughs> of the country belfast runs black taxis uh one paramilitary side runs one group and the other runs the other group and they only go into certain areas and lee got into the wrong i got in the wrong one the wrong one to go to the other area and only realized Oops. halfway through the journey oh yeah i mean you were deep into the I heartland deep up the mountain but up the he, falls did like. he not say i can't go there at the start no no he, he no because what happened the confusion came um the street that I used to live on is called Rockview Street in the village, but there's a Rockview Road on the falls, and I think they thought it was... Ah, yeah. yeah. So Lee was heading up the mountain and sort of went, ah, am I going to the right place? And he sort of, I think he was more panicked than you when he yeah. realised where he had to go then. But he did drop you down, didn't he? he? Well, he dropped me on the main Donegal Road, so fair play to him. He kept his head down, drove out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, most of my taxi experiences usually end up telling the taxi driver you have a drop link away mate or it sounds like your brakes are going to fall off here it's many just... times you replace the arms in this yoke yeah yeah because they're usually b5.5 passats like i remember taxis 20 years ago uh they're not like they are now that like value cabs and phono cabs seem to run year old superb, superb, superb stuff yeah. so nothing knocks and rattles i remember getting taxis 20 years ago and they were just hanging together oh yeah usually old cavaliers and stuff like that like seven eight year old Superbs that had done 300,000 miles and they were just hanging together. And the guy smoking in it or something. Yeah. Do you remember yep. the Corina in Cork? No. Was it a Corina? It was a Corolla. Corolla. I, uh, that's right, we had to push start him. The best one I got into was in Galway, a 19, early 80s Volvo estate that had 530,000 miles in the clock. 
That's impressive. Wow. Did that you, is impressive. And it was an, an original engine because we asked the taxi driver. Did you guys not get into one in Cork one time that smelled like there was a calf in the back of it? That was a people carrier, and I think he was either carrying a sheep that had been uh, dipped in sheep dip or had dead carcasses in the boot, and the rear seat was soaking. That's that same time that we got that yeah, corolla. that was a Corbett court. Yeah, that was a, a rough weekend for all involved. <laughs> um, yeah, taxis are usually interesting. Jack also says, don't you hate it when you finish a Lego set fully by the book and there's still bits left that aren't needed? Yes, that's how that I build really my project cars. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how I put all our cars back together. <laughs> but they do, they give you little extra bits, usually of the small... Just to screw with your head or what? Little, <laughs> usually the small pieces that... Easy lost. They're probably going to get lost throughout the build, but yeah, it, it upsets me. I don't like it. I just want all the right pieces. Just the exact amount? Yeah. Uh, S underscore Doug Shane says just spent the last two hours watching Vento VR6 Challenge and Polo G40 Cup on YouTube absolutely fantastic stuff if you haven't watched it yet sounds good I've seen I think I've seen clips of it yeah. Years, yeah I had watched that or the Berg Cup racing as well yeah it was one day I came home and I was I was like hoovering the floor in the living room or something and the TV was turned up full just with the sounds of the Berg Cup racing I was just like hoovering away with 1300 cc engines revving to like nine nine thousand rpm <laughs> as you do chris mcsee 212 uh did any of you check out the patina collection i don't know what that is do where you? at i don't know he didn't oh. elaborate chris let us know where yeah we'll let you we'll answer that <laughs> we'll come back to more it. more details needed um had fogel underscore riley 26 your man Nigel, for the exhaust he says, had two wheel burns fitted the hob out job to Polo number eight, never aligned it, and two tires later, I'm still crying. I was like, probably should get that aligned. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Drop that in. Tires are expensive now. It's ridiculous. Uh, Jack C. Hanrahan, from all your recent visits, what is the strangest thing about American culture? There's a lot of strange things about American culture. There's a few. The tipping thing. Yes. That's tip, the weirdest thing. Tipping. Just pay your fucking waitresses. Yeah. And you don't have to tip. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect job. The portions of food are insanely large. They are. You know what the one thing that really gets me, and this is car related? Mm. Stop signs. Nigel, you Four-way stops. Well, not even four-way stops. Just normal stop signs. The right turn on lights. I like that. I like that because it means you can just fuck off when there's a red light. But they have like stop signs in the middle of parking lots and you're driving through this car park and there's a stop sign and it could be one o'clock in the morning and they still stop at it and then take off. And they're very religious about that where I'm like, there's no one around, keep her lit. Uh, You know, like here we have mostly yield or isn't it? Yeah, give way. Yeah, give way. You know, so there's nothing coming, you can go on kind of thing. The dead stop thing in a car park at one in the morning really weirds me out. It's the ridiculous amount of traffic lights. Yeah, and lack of roundabouts. It, it's the flow of traffic is just crap. It's because petrol's so cheap, you can just use away at it. <laughs> See, uh, like I've only been to Florida, like, but it's just stop, start, stop, start. And it's not because of traffic, it's because the freaking traffic lights. Yeah, I noticed that in Florida yeah. too, is lights everywhere. So frustrating. Um, yeah, there's an insight into your country, Jack. <laughs> uh, Ronan underscore hits 21. He's having a bad time, much like Paul Glennon. He says, any 3.2 VR cylinder heads about help a man out. So his new engine is not so new, shall we say. Not a good time there. Um, Ram McElmail, 
Five weeks until Titanic dubs. Anyone else starting to panic or just me? By the time this comes out, it'll be four weeks. It'll be four weeks, Ryan, yes. Yeah. And there's panic on this end I'm too. I'm really enjoying worry. the build I'm on en- Instagram. I'm enjoying seeing Ryan back at yeah. 3080. He's yeah. going to pressure me into getting a polo again now. Because um, our projects ended about the same time. Shout out to Andy Maxwell, who keeps sending me assets for sale. Yes. <laughs> Stop it, Andy. We have a house to build. Um, build a banger workshop. Talk about what's happening with Worthersea now after ending of Excess Car Nights. Well, the two I think, aren't I think we linked. we talked about that last time. We did. We talked about it in the last episode. The two aren't actually officially linked. But, like... But I've, they are really. I've been saying that Worthersea, I don't think Worthersea's going to come back. It's done. It is. Yeah. Like, I, think, I think the police will just hound them every year until they just don't go again. They'll do the exact same thing they're doing with Excess yeah. Car Night. Um, they're having another show soon, I think, Excess. They had Berlin one there recently. There's one, there's one, one. Up. So it'll be interesting to see what way that's dealt with. Yeah, like Worthersea, like the, the area lost the show due to COVID. And I don't think they'll have them back now. It was a good excuse just to clear it out. Here, that's what happens when Green Party starts to get... A majority in a country. Or you just have militant police. Yeah. Mm. Back into the conspiracy days. Nothing much conspiracy about it. Uh, Arn Noodle Hegarty. Anyone want something they want a photo shoot off? I'm back behind the camera again. Which back, is baby. Good he to is, see. And he's a good photographer. I like Arn stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, Nigel's getting called out. Ricky underscore VWT2. He says, what's everyone's best part of the car scene? And what's the one thing you would change? Best part's the crack. The people. Yeah, and community. Yeah. Ingenuity, popcorn, popcorn ingenuity and builds. Is the thing I would lose. You lose those. Yeah. Lose the what? Popcorn Pop- maps. Oh, popcorn. Ingenuity and builds I like too. Yes, I love that too. Um, the one thing I would change is that there would be more of that. You know, more people pushing things and doing something different. Mm. Um, and as much as I love the community, but less clickiness. You know, try and get people together, which I think is what we try and do here. We are kind of heavily... German Volkswagen influence, but I mean, we do try to appeal to everyone and anyone ever approaches us. And I think with show season ending soon, it's given us the opportunity to have more people on. We'll have a few more, a bit more diversity, shall we say? Yeah. And who we have on, which would be fun. But yeah, for me, definitely it's the community. And I think that resonates yeah, with us all. It is about the people. And it's a good excuse to get people together. Um. So, yes, you're getting called out. He says, and Nigel, I do listen to the podcast, but not while working, as it's dangerous in my game. You're lucky, man. You're lucky. That's it. That's because the electric can sneak up on you if you can't hear it coming. That's it. Yeah. Just creep up. Sneak electric. Yeah, you can't listen to the podcast, but you can have a stereo going flat out in the background. <laughs> Here, go you take it up with Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling uh, out. Who else have we got? Uh, Dennis LeCouf Machining. We have another one from Dennis from a few weeks ago we'll get to. Yes, sorry, Dennis. It's all my fault. It is Connor's fault. Uh, he says, if you were to get into the different car scene, which would it be? Lowrider, off-road, drift, etc. Classic Jap. I would probably go classic Honda. Specifically Honda and not Jap. Mm. What would you like? I don't know. It's hard to pick them. I suppose our interest already kind of straddles classic slash Volkswagen. Yeah. So, if you were going totally different, American muscle. At one point. I like that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Not a massive scene for it here, but what no, there is is it's good. cool, though. And, like, drag racing and... At one point, I was going to sell everything. Do you remember and go drifting? Yeah. We'd done the Mandela Drift School. And because I used to rally and have that wee 
bit in the back of my head that wants me to go back to motorsport. I went down and done the school and it was Tomas Kiley had said, yeah. you know, like, he said, you're clearly the best here today. And I was like, all right, fair enough. And uh, you're coming away going, hmm, I've got the bug for motorsport again kind of thing. But it's just a bottomless pit of fucking money you're throwing into stuff like. Well, that's the thing. I'm not far away from finishing the track car and I'm a bit worried that once I start doing it. That's when it gets expensive. Yeah, yeah it's not the build of it. Oh, it's, I need new tires. I need new brakes. I need blah, 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 blah. Oh, this is on its roof. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's always a thing. Um. Yeah, there's so much out there to do, and as I've said before, like if I could live a thousand lifetimes, I would do each one differently because there is so much to do. But I'm mm. very much invested in what I do at the minute and don't want to change from it. Um, Dennis also says, if you were to buy a new vehicle for less than seventy five k, then he doesn't say anything else. I assume he means what would it be? Yeah, I'll finish that for you, Dennis. Don't worry, I got your fam. <laughs> um, I know mine right away. I'm not big in the new vehicles. Much well, yeah, like, you have to be for this question. I do, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'll jump in front of Lee, and I think they're very similar. I would be an RS4 in that nice green. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm an Alpha Giulio quad, Quadrifoglio. The 4Gs. Four four Quadrifoglio. <laughs> the Paddy Flu. Um, I think, yeah, a performance Audi of some description, I think, would probably be the back and call. But if I was thinking more Jeep... I love the new Tuareg, Tuareg R-Lines. What sort of deal are they? Up around that, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. Not, not a million miles of it. Well, we're kind of cheating as well, because I think the 75k in Beaver dollars is a lot less than our money, but Probably. we'll go with 75k. Um, that RS4, oh, I thought it was sterling. Is he saying dollars? He just said K, so ah. 75 bags of ketamine, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what that goes for at the moment. The that green that the RS4 is coming is absolutely amazing. Yeah, there's one in England, the static low one. Is it the Espos one? I can't remember the, the club that you guy has or the business. Um, it's just absolutely stunning when the light hits it. I would have that, I would have that for the color, never mind for the car. That, well, I would go green as well with the alpha, that like really dark, dark green, like British racing green. So, yeah, it's it's one of those ones that nearly looks black until the light hits until it. Until the light hits it, it's class. Or if I didn't want an RS4, I'd buy a really well-spec club sport and use the money to chin it. Well, there's also that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd probably just go and buy, I said Lee, buy three Polo GTIs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lee G. Farrell says, part one, just an update on the best tool you own question from last week. Obviously, none of you own a ramp yet. <laughs> Not yet, but Not yet. it is coming. Um, that's the it on the trailer is the friend, the friend getter, isn't yeah. it? It's just like a big dragnet for receiving friends. Um, S14 OCP. Simon. Every time I say Simon says, I think of the game. <laughs> Simon says, in terms of show cars, who leads the, in the world? US, UK, Europe, etc. What do you guys reckon? German. German and Polish. Austrian. You're going European then? It pains me to say, but it's not UK and Ireland. Oh, no. 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 They follow. They don't lead. No. Um, at one point, I would have said they did. You know, way back in the mid two thousands, the like especially UK scene for Volkswagen stuff was way way high. Yeah. Um, from what we've I th- seen, I, th- I think I think the American scene is a very high standard, but I think they're they're just at the below. European. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one thing agree. the Yanks don't do well is interiors. 
and they really struggled to get people to do interiors over there. Right, uh, mm. they, they were telling us like um, Heather and Earl, like they have a collection, like a real cool collection of different stuff. And she wants her Mark II interior trimmed. She says, see if that was a muscle car. There's a guy in every corner of every street that'll do it. Yeah. Um, they won't touch European stuff. Why? Because they don't know it. It's weird. A seat's a seat. That's why Nick from Artex doing so much you know, at home for people because they just can't get Gale it done. from if you want to move it to America, you've got the... Well, sure. John Coulson sent two steering wheels to me and I brought them to Blackline and they trimmed them and then I sent them it's back mental. to him. And it was cheaper for him to post two steering wheels from America pay all the customs bollocks with it and send it back than it was to get it done there. Yeah. What they need to do is a group of guys that need full interiors done and get a container sorted and ship, ship it to Dale and Optimus. Any American listeners, Optimus in Glasgow is God level. God you might tier. want to check if Dale got space for a shipping container. Well, <laughs> if the money's right with Dale, you'll keep anything right. goes. Yeah. And he's an absolutely fantastic trimmer. Oh, um, top tier. Because funny, when I was in Ultimate Dubs, when Corey was over, he was saying that about interiors. He was like, I can't get over the standard of stuff like for interior work mm. where you, when you go over, as you send like Holland, Belgium, Germany, all those cars, like they do, they finish that well. Look at TJ's interior. That was A&T. That's it? right in the South, wasn't it? Yeah. It was very um, good. Yeah. I would say probably you're right. The European scene is leading closely followed by the Yanks and then we're dragging our heels here, unfortunately. <laughs> But you're right, it's It's Europe that everybody's looking towards that does that. On the other side of things, in a non-Volkswagen for Honda scene, I would say like the West Coast of America is where yeah. that high-end stuff is. Um, I don't really know about anything else. French scene, France maybe, somewhere in around Paris, you know. I think we're close to home. The drifting end of things, I think Ireland is mental oh, for drifting. Well, funny, we that's what we were saying. Uh, when we spoke to MR with Apollo at mm. Rollhard. He was saying, he said, you guys going to LZ Fest? And I was like, yeah. And he said, like, you know, there's a lot of guys from over here coming. So a lot of English were flying over for yeah. it. But I said to him, I was like, yeah, like drifting at home is like a religion. It's, you know, it's huge here. And he says, is it? And I was like, honestly, like it's yeah. it's world leading here. And you look at all the top drivers. They're all coming out of here. That's, I love Shanahan it. Shanahan Brothers, James yeah. Dean. The boys in the north as well there. Um, Quinn. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing to see from... Are we shithole? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, so hopefully that answers your question or opens up more questions, which is good. Um, David Jack Hill, a man after my own heart. Episode 69, you. You. I've been waiting forever to say that. So have I, Jack. I've been waiting for months to do this episode. <laughs> and it just so happened that my childless ass is the one that's hosting it, which is good. Uh, Junior Restorations is our last one and that's actually Simon as well he's set up this account for doing his caddy he says if you were to start a YouTube channel that wasn't about cars what would you do I, I I've wanted to do YouTube for years now yep. obviously car related um, and Paul Glennon has now beat me to the punch and he's doing it really well so maybe I'll just leave it to him to it but um, it's just the time it's just yeah. editing and all that sort of stuff but outside cars, what would you do it on? Is that what the question was? Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't cars, what would you do? Probably so what, food. Lego builds. Or Lego. That would be good. good. Yeah. I wonder. That's probably it's a thing on YouTube, actually. Mm. I would do guns. Well, you couldn't do it in this country, is the problem. Guns. Cutting grass. I love cutting grass. Grassman. 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 Grass yeah, I love putting for you. stripes and lawns. Grass dad. How, how weird is that? <laughs> it is weird. Although my neighbours are the same, aren't they? Like they, oh, they're obsessed. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. They look across the road at our 
Field full of boats. Yeah. I, I, if I had the time, which I don't because I work quite a bit, I think it'd be probably like I go. I love going up in the mountains and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah. Like there's a fellow I follow on Instagram, Stephen Reed. He's I think he's from Ballymoney or Ballymena direction, and he's flat out. He's I think he's an older marathon runner and stuff like that in the Hills and Dale series. But that sort of thing, you know, vlogs up the mountains, walks, mm. stuff like that. Yeah, Lee and I have been watching a lot of, um, well, we used to watch a lot of Kentucky Ballistics, which was the gun stuff, and then mm. Brant and Herrera done an absolute cracker video, which got taken down off to the Japanese uh, ex-Prime Minister that got shot. Mm-hmm. Brandon basically... Uh, shot him? No, he made, his, <laughs> he, he made his own black powder and then built a replica of the gun and showed you how to do this and then fired it and then YouTube give him a massive strike for it and ah. kicked it. and then he, he put up another video basically saying sorry sorry youtube he was like usually <laughs> please, I, he, please he was like me. usually i would fight this but i can 100 percent see where i went wrong here <laughs> um and then i found the actual original video on reddit and it's a, it's a good video i must send you a link to it if mm. you want to laugh just to watch um but yeah that's probably where i would go with youtube mm. i actually thought about youtube for a long time before this even and did dabble a wee bit to remember when I got furloughed for two days. Yeah. And it's such a time suck. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um yeah, that's that's the killer on us. But yeah, guns and ammo is definitely my thing. You're going hiking, Nigel, and like you're <laughs> building Lego. Or eating. Or eating. You could eat the Lego. <laughs> Edible Lego, that's the new one. Um yes, that's us folks. And just before we go, uh shout out to our sponsor, Studio Ten. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, he actually had my brother's golf iron. I thought that was at the yeah, red one. It. Yeah, so he took a veil of the vouchers that Robin sells a while ago. Uh-huh. I think he had a couple of them saved up from various presents. So it's a good, good gift to give. You can buy vouchers off Robin. That's nice as well, yeah. So he booked it in for, I think it was the same package as myself in the Q5. So it was a full uh, correction. Not, not the full correction, but, you know, the sort of... Like this one from above level of okay, package. Okay, yeah, because he has a different package. Not explaining this very well. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he had a, cor- a correction of the paint followed by uh, Mavinci. Uh, the Cocoons. Very good. And, and that's actually To say good. he was thrilled was an understatement. The WhatsApp chat was mental after he collected. He said, <laughs> nice. my, car, my car is like new. It always looks good. Like It's, it's nice. on his Instagram account, Studio 10 Detailing. So if you want to check out. That's a red Golf R. Red Golf R with black wheels. Nice. Really well spec Golf R. It has uh, a Pakrovic, Pakrovic, that's it, exhaust system on it from factory. There's an option apparently. And a uh, good car and it's like brand new now. Class, it just gives yeah. it a, a bit of boost to a car. Um, it's cool too as well, you're saying that he does the vouchers. You know, it's probably a very good way you could save up towards something like that so if you if you are bad with money and saving and don't want to make like savings money, account yeah mm. buy yourself a few vouchers and tuck them away and then get them the, the way you look at something like that is it's like an investment in your car oh yeah definitely absolutely yeah and that goes for show car daily driverly with yourself you know mm. it's just all the other the thing board. is when you get the glass coating you can pretend you're at warp speed when you're going down a motorway at speed and yeah. the yeah. just fly past you <laughs> it's this is like affectionately known as the sperms but it's just all you see them wiggling up the window straight to the gutter it is <laughs> nope. so yeah straight out to Studio 10 Studio detail. 10 thanks for sponsoring us and on that note then off we go folks toodaloo bitches yeah it's over um, you, anybody listening to this will probably be glad um, as Lo- always lots of exciting things coming up we're going to LDE Fest on the 4th we are Yeah. and then the following weekend we're going to Clean Fest yep, yep. 
indeed. Whether it's in the jet or not, we'll remain to see, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Think positive. Fingers Think crossed. Positive. Thumbs crossed, yes. <laughs> um, keep them tucked in. You've made me nervous about Calm Follower now. Thanks for that. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that's not an update in your next one that the Calm shit itself. Please, God, no. Um, yeah, so if you like what you hear, folks, and you want to hear more, anywhere you listen to your podcast, please subscribe. If you want to follow us on any social media, we're at Reload Podcast on all social medias. I'm at Connor McCann. I'm at VW Boy. I'm at Maxwell House 46. And leave us a review. Um, there was actually a review come in, which was quite nice to see on the Facebook page. And also, uh, Stephen Russell sent me a uh, private message on Facebook because he had just started listening to the podcast. Stephen Russell would be a regular attendee of uh, most of the GTNI shows. Uh, he drives a blue marked, black blue metallic Mark II. Just a, a very nice one, yeah. A very nice review of it or messages to say, keep the work up, really enjoying them. He had only just started listening to the podcast. and yeah. So thanks, Stephen, for sending me a message. David Thacker had left this review, which was cool. So, and I said, share the podcast with your friends because it is, if you like it, most people will like it too. Yeah, hopefully. And on that note, we'll see you again, folks. See you later. Bye. 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 See you later.